Hey, this is Dante. And this is the great Mephisto. And you're listening to Give Me Back My Old Wrestling. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. This is Steve Bowtie Bryant here. Back in the 90s, I was a pro wrestling photographer for the South. And I released what might have been one of the original sets of indie trading cards. I ran across some of these original sets. They were up in Randall Fanning's attic all this time. PG-13 rookie card. Ricky Morton, George Weingroff as the sheep. Chris Champion, Reno Riggins, Billy Montana, Gary Valiant, the Scorpion, the Medic, Rick Reynolds, Jeff Daniels, Mephisto and Dante, Ben Jordan, Steve Neely, Marcus Woodrow, Clinton Charisma, Little Farmer John. If you'd like an opportunity to get these cards, contact me now. You can get them for only $49.99. Contact me at Steve Bowtie Bryant at iCloud.com. Get your set now while supplies last. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Give Me Back My Pro Wrestling. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome one more time to the Give Me Back, my pro wrestling podcast. And again, I always have my brother from the same father and mother, the plastic sheet, Jared Street. What's up, brother? What's going on, man? Just, you know, got a big one here today. This show is going to be amazing. I cannot wait to talk to these gentlemen. Yeah, man, our first tag team. I know, right? So we are known as the tag team champions of podcasting. And, you know, we are welcoming someone who could beat us. <laughs> if they they could probably take the straps off of us. Oh, I'm pretty sure they could. They would at least get booked that way. But anyway, yeah. our guests for the day are the legendary Devil's Disciples, Dante and the Great Mephisto. Now, this is Tommy Heggie and Arvel Hutto, the two that I knew. Now, there's been several. We'll talk about that. There's been several Mephistos, and, and even starting with Mike Porter. And you, you've heard me talk about Mike Porter several times, right, Jared? Hot dog and a bag of chips. <laughs> if we're lucky for, for everybody else, it was just a hot dog. So anyway, <laughs> but yeah, Mike Porter started it out and then he, he had some other guys, cool breeze, and then ended up with Arvel Hutto, which now I got to work in the same locker room as these guys. They always had their own manager. So I never really got the chance to manage them, but I tell you what, they are awesome duo and they've had some great guys with them. So, you know, I'm just excited to have them on. I do want to give Shane Morton a shout out. Thanks for the hookup on this one, brother. You, made it happen for us you got me their numbers got them in contact and we got them on the show and that's just how it works so maybe we need to hire shane on and it's a it's not a salary shane but we need to hire shane on as a talent scout (laughs) administrative consultant yeah yeah well (laughs) i mean it's true and now one thing i will say we have some excellent shows coming up it's going to be interview 23 i think that's the year <laughs> interview 2023 but yeah there you go 
you know, if you guys, we'll get back to topics someday, but I tell you what, we've tapped a vein here and we're not going to back off that. We're just getting too, too many good opportunities to get some great interviews in. Very excited about this one. We've got coming up in our next few episodes after this one, we've got Kroll, Mr. Tim Thomason. We've got Quentin Charisma, guy we needed to have on forever, but just haven't made that happen yet. And then we also have Forsaken Rick Reynolds. Three excellent guys, three big guys, too. These guys aren't playing around. So I'm excited to see their stories, you know, and hear more about that. So anyway, the ball is rolling, right? The ball is rolling. Yeah, there we go. We can't, uh, it's like a ball rolling down here. We're not going to stop. We're just going to let it go. Exactly. Exactly. Well, you know, you got anything else you'd like to add before we get the devil's disciples on today? No, I'm excited to talk to these guys. They've been a few places, so yeah, uh, going to be interesting to hear their stories. Oh, yeah. Before we do this, Hot Rod Biggs has jumped up to number three now. So, by the way, you know, Shane's number one may not ever been beat. Then we have Greg Gagne. Then we have Hot Rod. Then we have Jeff Daniels. Those are our top four guys. So, I'm just excited to see all the listeners. I know Shane's reunion that he puts on, the Right Way reunion, just happened. And then right after that, so many guys came in. So, really, like I said, I got to give a shout out to Shane on that. one for sure so thanks thanks so much shane thank you brother we'll get you back on too soon but you can't keep booking guys or we'll never get you back on (laughs) anyway with that being said let's get the devil's disciples dante and the great mephisto after these messages hey guys this is wolfie d from pg13 check out my podcast live and in color with wolfie d every monday at noon we're talking memphis we're talking ecw wcw wwf everywhere that i've been we even have some great guests some hall of famers on the show with us every monday live and in color with wolfie d that's right, it's the talk of Middle Tennessee, the channel you love to hate and the channel you hate to love. It's Brian Turner from Brian Turner's VHS Rehab. And if you're looking for matches from Wolfie D to Jerry Lawler to Dusty Rhodes and the team that put a pimp before your eyes and a goatee between your thighs, Booty Call and Athena, go to LostWrestling.com. See, I made it easy for you. Brian Turner's VHS Rehab. Booyah! Ladies and gentlemen, welcome one more time to the Give Me Back, my pro wrestling podcast. And Jared, I tell you what, I couldn't be more excited for the guests that we have today. So now you and I, we're known as what? A tag team of podcasting, right? There you go. Tag team for life. For life, exactly. But today we've got a real tag team on the line here. Now, obviously, you've heard some about them from talking to guests like Shane Morton, Jeff Daniels, even our most recent guest, Hot Rod Biggs. They all they all had to bring up something about the Devil's Disciples, Dante, and the great Mephisto. Gentlemen, welcome to the show today. Thank you for being on with us. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. Yeah, absolutely, guys. And I tell y'all what, I, you know, it's a little tricky because normally we have one guest at a time and we can talk directly to him. But what we'll do is we're just going to have fun. If a story comes up, you say what you want to say. We're just treating it like a car ride. I'll do the driving and whoever wants to sit shotgun can sit there and somebody else can sit wherever. And my brother will be passing out the cold. I'll be in the... The trunk. I'll be in the trunk or something. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, we always start the show with a question that my brother kind of came up with, and it kind of sets the mood of the show a little bit and kind of tells you where you're at. And go ahead, Jared. I'm going to tag out to you real quick. Come in for the 
shine a little bit here. It, this is just a question. It's, I didn't come up with the question overall. I mean, I've heard it asked to uh, uh, several people in the wrestling industry before, but give me your like Mount Rushmore of wrestling, like your top four or five favorite wrestlers of all time, each one of you. Okay, of all time, Lynn Rossi, Tojo Yamamoto, Gentleman Saul Weingroff, Bobby Hart, and Frankie Kane. Man, that's oh, awesome. Man. That's a- All right, Arvel. Bam, bam, yeah. bam. Well, <laughs> I tell you, I'm going to echo what Tommy said because that was in my line. Everyone he just mentioned, Lynn was the reason why I got in this business. Yeah. Tojo was a good friend. Every one of them, to me, is going to be the greatest. Yeah. Man, that's awesome. Those are great guys. And I tell you what, a lot of people say you things like your Hulk Hogan's, but those are the guys that made the business, that paved the path for guys hey, like yeah. Yeah. Uh, Exactly. They paved the way for your Hulk Hogan's. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I, I love that. I love that. So, all right. Well, now we're going to get right to it since we got that out of the way. Younger days, Tommy, coming up, where, where'd you come up? Where were you born? I was born in Dixon, Tennessee. Okay. And then you kind of, what, what high school, what school did you go to? Dixon County Senior High. <laughs> Making it Graduated easy. Graduated in 1978. Hey, the year I was born. Is that embarrassing? I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of rude, isn't it? I apologize. Yeah. <laughs> right, out of high, right out of high school, I had my first match. When I was, I was a senior, I, I was training to be a wrestler. That's awesome. Now, who trained you? Gentleman Saul Weingroff. Oh, man, Saul. You know, getting to know George so much. I wish I would have got to know Saul. That's, that's, uh, yeah. Oh, what a great guy. Yeah. What a, yeah. all the wine girls are great people. I love every one of them. Herbie's George, a good guy. George, yeah, Herbie's a great guy. Eric, George taught me a lot. Yeah. Taught me a lot in the wrestling. George taught me a lot about the macho man and maybe a certain, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Ha- happened in Toledo. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you've heard that story before. Oh yeah, yeah, I've heard a lot of a lot of stories. I was there for a lot of that stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Now you started out as Jim Pride, or were you Tommy Heggie? I, mean, I started off with Nick was uh, Tommy Heggie. Okay, I okay. started. Uh, like I said, Lynn Rossi was my favorite, and my dad wrestled back in the day too. He started in 1970. And what was his? So name? I, and then he worked as Cowboy Rex Allen and. Steve Hagen and his real name Herbert Hickey and okay several mask gimmicks for Nick. Well, one of them was El Diablo. He had so many of them. Yeah, but he yeah. was a bodybuilder. As a Lynn Rossi had a health food store. Yeah, yeah, and and he bought all of his stuff from Lynn, and that's okay. how I really got acquainted with Lynn. And yeah. I went to see Lynn one day, and I said, "Man, I want to be a wrestler." And he tried his best to talk me out of it. But if you're, <laughs> he said, "If you're bound and determined, Saul Weingroff's got a school, and I'll call him for you." And yeah. I said, "Okay." And he called Saul, and, it's, and we got it all set up from then on. That's awesome. Now, Arvel, what about you, brother? Where were you? Where were you born? Where are you from? I was I was born in Huntsville, Alabama. Yeah, yeah. Grew up around here. Went to uh, high school with Butler High School. Okay. 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 And then graduated. I, I quit because, you know, I was young and dumb back then. Yeah. Got yeah. me a job, and, uh, but I did go back and, and finished it 13 years later. Well, there you go. Uh, I started wrestling probably back watching it back when I was 10 years old. Yeah. And my favorite back then was Tojo. Was, well, I, Tojo wasn't my favorite, but Lynn Rossi was, you know. Yeah. Mario Glanto, seen him around, you know, back in my younger days. Don't remember too much of him. Mario Glanto? 
yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, it was uh, it was back Lynn's day, I guess. Okay. Okay. I, I don't remember too much. You know, I've been hitting heads so many times. It's just pitiful. But <laughs> <laughs> when I started watching on TV and I, I started going to some of the night shows, uh, I got acquainted with one of the guys set the ring up, and that's how I got started. Yeah. Okay. I went up as far as training, didn't nobody train me. Gotcha. Me and another guy got in the ring on Fridays when we put it up. We seen what happened the week before, and we tried it. I moved, yo, never knew anything different. Yeah. And and that guy quit on me, and then Bobby Eaton came around. Me and Bobby, we put the ring up. We went out, and we done the same thing, and that's how I got into wrestling. Lynn Rossi was the reason why I got in wrestling. Saul Weindraw. He was one of them. He was real good to me back in the days. I used to sell books for him. Yeah. Okay. At Wrestling Master Review. Dr. Wrestling <laughs> Review. That's what they yeah. was. I sold 500 magazines for him in hospital one night in 45 minutes. Wow. Saul gave me my first pair of boots. I kicked myself every day for not keeping them things. No and kidding. Anyway, <laughs> that's how I, I got into the business. Bobby D, real good friend of mine, referee around here. He yeah. got me a shot on TV in Chattanooga with Nick. Okay. Well, now, okay. Now, I think I read that you're, are you first cousins with Bobby Eaton? Is that true? No, we are, we're not Kim. We're just good friends. Good friends. Well, hey, in my opinion, he's on my Mount Rushmore. He's one of the greatest of all time, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. So. And if, if he's probably the number one as far as a person, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. Bobby well, was a real nice guy. We always had a great time together. We rode together the matches and, yeah. Uh, me and him, we worked for Saul Weindroff then. Saul okay. Saul and uh, Luthez when they first started running up in Tennessee in 76. Yeah. And son, me and Bobby got out and I killed each other just putting on the show <laughs> for them. We, so we, we almost killed each other out there in the crowd. <laughs> oh, man. We didn't know any difference. Didn't know any difference. But, yeah, Bobby was a kid. Yeah. So, okay. So, let me ask this then. Tommy, what was your very first match? My first match was in Hopkinsville, Kentucky, October 3rd, 1978, against Mitsu Kadiana. Mitsu Kadiana. Okay. Yeah, Arvo remembers Mitsu. Yeah. yeah. yeah I, I remember Mitsu. <laughs> That's awesome. What about Good you, guy. Arvo? Awesome guy. What about you, well, Arvo? I, our first match there again was me and Bobby worked each other in Columbia, Tennessee. Okay. With Saul Weindroff them, and... Uh, I, I guess we stayed with uh, with Saul and then went to Corinth, Mississippi. But it, we we started in Corinth, Mississippi, or here some in Alabama, until we got in with Nick. Yeah, that's awesome. Jared, go ahead. Tommy, talk to us a little bit about working for the Funks uh, as Jim Pride. Jim Pride. I never worked for the Funks, but I worked for the Poffos. How that happened was Randy Savage was worked for the Funks as Jim Pride. That's who that was. Gotcha. Okay, that's what okay. makes it. Yeah. And, and then when I got to work for the Poffos, he gave me his old name of Jim Pride. Okay. Ah. So it was Randy's old name before Randy Savage. Gotcha. Okay. Well, now, did you? was it Randy or you that worked Sputnik Monroe? It wasn't me. Must I never have worked been Randy. It must have been Randy. <laughs> it wasn't me. I, no, I knew Sputnik, but I never worked him. Okay. So now, what was your first step into ICW? Well, I was working for Nick, and Randy had a falling out with Nick over George. 
Okay. And uh, me and Randy was together, and I took him to Center, Kentucky. We rode together. Earlier that day, they had fired Angelo, or for whatever reason, I don't remember why. And Randy was mad, and he was drinking some beers, and the more we got there, the matter he got. And when he seen George sitting in the dressing room, he just went off on him. He's starting to beat him up and all this stuff, you know. The Gordian Hayes was there. Toto was there. Ricky Morton was there. And uh, Gypsy Joe would come between them and try to separate it, you know. And pretty soon, George went on and got in uh, his match over, and he got the hell out of there. And then Randy, <laughs> of course, was, uh, Randy was, of course, the main event. And then a couple of days later, they come and got the belt from Randy and fired him. And they called me in the office, and they gave me all these questions. What was his plans against George? What was he going to, you know, what was the plan to get George? Or was he still trying to get George? You know, Nick was worried about George, you know, his son. Yeah, yeah. And then I got a little heat off of that. And then Randy and then they started their ICW and they got hooked up with Bob Roop and Bob Orton Jr. over in Knoxville. And Randy asked me if I wanted to work and I went. Yeah, okay, okay. And so you also, did you also start with Ghoulis too, Arville? Yeah. My first one, like I say, were what they called back then was Outlaw shows. Uh, I, I guess I went to Outlaw shows after I. I got started with Saul and them. And of course, I didn't get them booked no more with them. Uh, I think they busted up then. Okay. They was okay. Uh, with UWA. Yeah. Okay. And uh, so I just went on with some of the outlaw shows. And uh, then in the early part of 77, when I started with Nick. Okay. Okay. Now, I've heard that you've been paid better than working for Nick, but. I mean, I don't, it's never one of my business. We don't even have to ask that question, but I've heard some of the guys kind of complain that maybe some of the paydays weren't all they cracked up to be, you know, and I don't really care to be too nosy about it, but did you feel like you were earning your keep at that time or was there always the strive? And this is kind of the question for both of you. Was there always kind of a strive to be earning more? I mean, there's a strive to be earning more, but it was such a... I don't know, uh, honor or privilege just to, to be there. I mean, he was giving me a chance, right? Sure. To, yeah. to get in the business. But yeah. I'll tell you one story. I went to the office. Uh, I think it's on Wednesday. I think we used to get paid on Wednesday, didn't we, Arville? Yes. Yes. And uh, I went to get my money, and uh, it was $75. Nick mm. handed it to me and said, Boy, that ain't bad for a week's work, is it? <laughs> <laughs> no, sir. I, I was glad to get it. <laughs> I bet you were. <laughs> no, sir. There ain't no problem. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, now, when when me and Bobby started, we didn't care about money. Sure. I, that was further down our mind. We just wanted to work, right, right. or do whatever we could. And yes, I felt like I should have got more money, but hey, it was up to me to stay there or not. Right. You know? Right. And I stayed because I liked the organization. I liked the people that was in it. They really helped me and Bobby as we come up. Uh, you know, it, it's just great people to work with. And yeah. you ain't yeah. got that no more. Right. You ain't yeah, got Nick, you, Nick Goulas, you couldn't yeah. help but like Nick Goulas. He's just the way about right. him. Yeah, I've heard that. Now, were either of you there the night <laughs> that George apparently said something to Harley Race that maybe said, Daddy said sale? <laughs> I was there the night no. he worked Harley. I was there that night, but I don't know about the conversation. But I was okay. there. I worked that night. Apparently, Harley. Was that at the auditorium, Tommy? It's in Nashville at the uh, sports arena, oh, our old sports arena. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I was there that uh, night. 
I, was that the big crowd he had where he said dog yeah. died or gave away cars? I don't know. They had a good crowd. And him and Harley yeah. had a decent match. Yeah. But uh, it, it seems like the fans started hollering more for Harley than they did George. <laughs> Best <laughs> as I can remember, I think they started cheering for Harley. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, I mean, that is Harley, but you know, when you were in the locker room and I, and I know we've been in the same locker room and, you know, you kind of have your people you talk to and stuff. How, how did Harley carry himself? Uh, he was by his, I never did see him in the dressing room. Yeah. Okay. Uh, he must've been by himself I, dressing somewhere. I passed him that night in the dressing room. He was walking through and, and, you know, he spoke to him and I spoke to him and Harley was a good guy. Yeah. I mean, he probably went toe to toe with each other you know they really liked each other and i and i like harley i thought he was one of the best workers too i mean he's the nwa champion in my opinion you know yeah. he's oh yeah you know that's that's awesome okay so in you know we're kind of working our way up here now in 84 it says that you you spent a little time in mid-south is that is that right tommy i did some tv shows down there just yeah, the you, TV in, in Louisiana. Mike Jackson uh, took me down there with some guys. I went down okay. there for a few shows, just TV only. Yeah, okay. Were you working the Midnights and Barry Dorso? You worked both of those, or maybe it was Crusher Dorso at the time? Yeah, I worked them down there, yeah. I remember them, too, for sure. Yeah, that's me and I, Brian Adias, I think, worked uh, Bobby and Dennis. I, I, I believe it's who it was. Okay, yeah, yeah. Now, uh, you know, I mean, that was a great team, you know, one of the oh, greatest of all oh, yeah. time. Yeah, yeah. G- uh, Jim Cornette was there, and he was trying to say, "Hey, you know, this is Bobby and Dennis, and blah blah blah." And Dennis and Bobby said, "We know Tommy. He's, he's no problem. <laughs> yeah, we've been down the road with him because I've worked both of them with Nick. You know, yeah, so, yeah." And and Jim Cornette was trying to say, "Well, they're going to do this move, no problem." Bobby said, "No problem. He, he knows how to do it." <laughs> <laughs> did you say? Did they say? All right, Jim, this is Tommy. We already know. Him. <laughs> <laughs> what they, yeah, pretty much is what they said. We was in Goulas with him. He's okay. Don't worry yeah. about him. Yeah. Yeah. Tell me something, Arvel, tell me something real quick about the Brown Bombers. What can you tell me about those troublemakers? Uh, that was the uh, George Goulas idea. Yeah. But me and Bobby, we wanted to be a mass team, and we got us a brown outfit, yellow jackets, you know, and everything. We are going to go as the Mighty Southerners. Yeah. Well, it kind of got changed when they seen our, when George seen our uniform and stuff, so he wanted us to be the Brown Bombers. Okay. That's how we got started with the Brown Bombers. Okay. Me and Bobby liked to went for, like say, the Mighty Southerners, but you know how that goes. Right. Now, was that Brown Bombers at all a response at all to the Blonde Bombers with Larry Latham and Wayne Ferris? Or was it just, no. hey? That's before their time, wasn't it? Okay. Right. Okay. Yeah. The Brown Bombers well, were first. There you yeah, go. Yeah, the Brown Bombers were first because I remember working, you know, uh, Larry Lathan. Okay. Uh, he was Larry Booker when he first started. Larry Booker, and then he turned into Moondog, right? Yeah, right. Moondog spot. Right. Yeah. Okay, okay. So so really, in a sense, the Blonde Bombers <laughs> were a response to the Brown Bombers then. That's what we'll say. <laughs> I'm just making that up anyway. So. <laughs> 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 Ain't it all made up? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> as as Jamie Dundee once said, and and he oh, said mercy. a lot. He said a lot. It ain't oh, yes. fake. It ain't fake. It's fixed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, crazy Jamie! What a good guy. Yeah, I like Jamie. Jamie, 
he's hard not to like, isn't he not? Yeah. Oh, he just got a personality about him. You can't help but like him. Yeah, he's I a know. great guy. I love Jamie Dundee. He's a great guy. Yeah, unless you're Wolfie D and you're expecting him to show up to a convention, but that's a whole other. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know how it is. Y'all know how know. it is. Trying to count mm-hmm. on a tag team partner that may not be on the same wavelength mm-hmm. anymore with mm-hmm. you. You know how it goes. So mm-hmm. anyway, but that's not our show tonight. This is the Dante and Great Mephisto <laughs> episode. So Jared, won't you got? Won't you throw a question at Tommy? All right, Tommy. Since we were talking a little bit about Jamie Dundee, tell us about your time in Memphis. We went, um, me and my other Mephisto, Cool Breeze, we went down there in 94, the summer of 94, to do a program with DG-13. Yeah. Wolfie and Jamie called us. We y'all come down here and do a little program with us, you know, just pretty much put them over, do a little angle, and they would do a job for us, and we come back, and we finally lose the belts back to them, and we lose or lose or leave town, that's it. Yeah. But uh, we had a good time with Jamie and uh, Wolfie. We had some real good matches with them. Okay. And at that time, they had a little manager called uh, Midget D. A little <laughs> little road warrior, a little midget called Midget D. Little Danny, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you remember him? Yeah. I do, yeah. Oh, what yeah. a character he was. Hey, Wolfie. <laughs> yeah, I, I had a lot of fun with him. Yeah. Now, did, were you not there in, during the CWA in the in the mid-'80s, some? Some, yeah, it was Tommy Montana. I was Tommy Montana. Now, that's what I was getting at. What was the reasoning for the name Tommy Montana? Jerry Jared give it to me. He just he didn't like the Heggy name. He wanted to give me something different. Okay. And, and then you, uh, he was going to put me and Tracy's. This is a long story. He's going to put me and Tracy's mothers together. Okay. So they're going to be like a rock and roll express type of thing. I don't know what name he's going to call us, but he had plans to put us together. We took all these pictures together and all this blah blah. And me and Tracy, we was going to look good, you know. We went out and got our haircut, and that ended it. But Jared <laughs> saying we had a haircut that ended it all. Oh, that was man. it. Yeah, he wanted he he liked the long hair. I don't know if he wanted us to bleach it or what. But once we got our hair cut, that ended everything. Yeah, he man. had a fit when we cut our hair. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> I can't. He imagine. sure did. Yeah, that's a true story. I can imagine that, but I can't imagine how you felt when you came back, man. Yeah, that's... I was like, oh man, I mean, we used to trying to look good, you know. We're looking good. Boy, right we, we ain't looking too good now, Tracy. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then right after that, they brought uh, Michael Hayes in to work Lawler. And uh, he came up to me and said, I got a spot in Texas, man. You need to take this spot. You make some money there and you get a lot of good experience. Yes. So I give my notice and I went to uh, Dallas. Yes, that was in that was in eighty. That was in eighty five. Eighty five, September eighty five through January yeah. eighty six, if I'm not mistaken. Right, right. Now tell us about world class. I mean, now some of the names that I have right here are you worked versus Jack Victory, John Tatum, Gino Hernandez, Lynn Denton, Rick Rude, Austin Idol, Buddy Roberts. Are am I right on those names? Yes, sir. Yeah. Yes, sir. I mean, that's a who's yeah, who right I, there. I, I, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> And all of them, I had the best matches with Lynn Denton. Yeah. What a great guy grappler was, Lynn Denton. grappler, yeah. Man, I yeah. mean, you know, it's funny that you all end up becoming a masked tag team, and you're getting a great time with the Lynn Denton, which is one of the greatest masked tag teams of all time, and the grapplers, mm-hmm. you know? so Oh, he was, a, he was a great guy. We hung out together, and I moved in with him close to the end, and we rode together. He was just a great guy. Lynn Denton's a great man. 
That's awesome. That's awesome. Awesome, awesome time with him. Now, we went to a bar in in Fort Worth who's called Manhattan's, and they give all the wrestlers free drinks, buddy. We hit it every night. We got to hurry up and get to the bar. The bar's six <laughs> <in> the <closet. laughs> we had a gr- We had a great time. Yeah, so, I mean, there's Hollywood, John Tatum, Jack Victory. But, you know, I got to ask you about Gino Hernandez. Now, you know, he's kind of, you know, where he passed young. And, you know, he's kind of reached somewhat, you know, mythical proportions nowadays. Yeah. Everybody, you know, how how was he? How, how What kind of vibe did you get from him working him? How, oh, he was, no, he was a great guy. And he yeah. he worked with you. He called stuff. He, you know, he was a great guy. He didn't try to eat you up or anything. Real yeah. friendly in the back. No problem with any of them. Yeah, that's everybody. Awesome. Everybody was real friendly, except the Bonaires. They was kind of in their own little world. Yeah, they, they they didn't talk much to you. They was kind of in their own little hemisphere. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but everybody else, yeah. yeah. Ken Mantell, he was booking there. He was a great guy. He, he he took care of me. That's awesome. Now, now that's that's even better. I've got to ask a question. Now, this may have been a time where actually Gary was away, but did you have any interactions with? The, now, if you got to know me in in Nashville just a little bit, the guys that I model myself after in the early days out there, I was trying to be Skandar Agbar. In the later yeah. days, I was trying to be Gary Hart. Uh, Two right. totally different managers. But did you get to know either of those guys at all while did, you were out there? Gary Hart, yeah, Gary Hart was a real good guy, real nice yeah. guy. Now Skandar. I didn't know Skandor. Gotcha. He, okay. I, had, I never met or had any dealings with him. Okay. How was Gary? I mean, do you have he, any real nice, in, real nice fellow? He was, you know, hey man, won't you try to do this or do that? I mean, he was real helpful with things. That's awesome. He give, he give you advice. He was a real nice guy. Now, okay. So, with that being said, the. Uh, Gary, we we had Greg Gagne on the show very early on, and I'm talking to him, and I'm thinking, you know, this guy's been everywhere, knows everybody, and we bring up Gary Hart, and he's like, why would you bring him up? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm I like, didn't okay. get that vibe from him. I thought he was a real nice guy. That's awesome. That's awesome. It was something yeah. with a booking decision he made or something. Yeah, he and know. yeah, he and Jim Brunzel were a tag team and they were he was talking to him and they he didn't like the way they booked him or whatever. But you know, he was again kind of the dad's my dad's my booker kind of guy, you know. So uh, oh yeah. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, not important. So, you know, all right, Arvo, we're going to bring you back in, brother. We're going to tag in here. Now, I'm reading the, because this is something that I think is sorely missing, even though they seem to really, these names are, in my opinion, are missing. You've worked guys like Burhead Jones and Angelo Poffo and Don Bass. Talk about some of these guys. Oh, well, Burhead, he's a, he's a card on his own. He's a nice guy. (laughs) He'll help you. He'll do anything you can for you. We rolled some town together, worked against each other. We worked with each other. Uh, and, yeah, I guess uh, Burhead and uh, Don Bass. Let me tell you a little story about Don Bass, okay? Please. Yeah. Yeah. We, yeah. <laughs> we, we was in Nashville one night. And Scott Till, you know, Scott was taking pictures of everybody, all that, you know, and, and uh, Don kept on the Scott about bringing color film to take some <laughs> color pictures. Okay, yeah. well, that night I was over, I think I was the Brown Bomber that night, so I was over in the dressing room, and, and Don, we were sitting there talking, and all of a sudden Scott came in and said, Scott, and said uh, Don, I got uh, color film tonight. Okay, okay, I'll get ready. He got ready. And when Scott came back over there, I was laughing. Do you know what he put on? 
What's Black that? and white. Look at him, his mouth just dropped. But uh, Don was Don made a few of our reunions, and uh, so you know, sorry to hear they passed away. Uh, But he he was a great guy, and uh, I had some matches with uh, Randy's uh, father. Yeah, uh, and you know, me and him, uh, we, we had some pretty good matches. He, he really helped me out. Randy, we had some great matches together. Nothing spectacular, main event or nothing, but, you know, Randy, Randy, I don't think you can have a bad match with Randy. Right, right. Ain't no way. Lanny, uh, I worked with Lanny against Lanny, and uh, it, it just, you know, everybody we worked with, when me and Bobby first started with Nick, we came in together as a tag team. The uh, Simonian was there. Okay. And you hell of a guys they were some hell of a guys they really helped me and bobby every way possible they could that's awesome uh, but that they was great yeah everybody we worked with was great people i mean good matches ken lucas you yeah know, nobody say much about ken ken really helped me he's one of the best matches i had with as far as the babyface match we we worked in nashville that night and we you know, Ken was a hell of a guy. He knew a lot. He helped him. Yeah. Uh, and then the rest of them, you know, Dutch Mantel, me and Dutch got along good with each other, and he helped me and Bobby. And it, it just, you know, you can go on and on. Them guys, them guys what paved the business right there. Right, right. Yeah, it's kind of like you're bringing up all these great names, and you really can't say anything bad about it. I mean, I'm sure that if you want to dig deep, you can get something personal on somebody, but that's not what this show's about, you know. As far as working and, right. and how they how they did their job, you know, all these names, it's kind of hard to pick a bad one out. Let, let me ask you real quick about Angelo, though. Was he working the miser gimmick at that time? Because I always thought that was funny, knowing that he was somewhat cheap. And again, I don't want to sound like I'm harping on pay. But knowing that he was kind of tight <laughs> and that he actually worked a gimmick called the miser, it was kind of living the gimmick. <laughs> yeah. Now, uh, when I worked with uh, with him, you know, it was always him. It, it wasn't no other gimmick or nothing. Okay. Okay. You know, yeah. him yeah. and he teamed a lot together when I was in with Nick. I I didn't stay in there long as far as full time. I my son was a year old and he didn't know me. I was on the road all the time. Nashville, Huntsville, you know, back and forth. Yeah. So I got a hey wasn't that great? Uh, which that really didn't set me too bad, but you know, when your son just don't know you after almost a year old then it's right. kinda do different. Yeah. So That's I didn't understandable. Get to yeah. I didn't get to travel like Tommy did and I wish I had of. I wish I stayed in there a little longer. Just to get the experience of going and seeing all these places. Well, you know, I mean, we won't talk too bad about you, Arville. It's okay. What you know. people does, it, it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> they won't say, yeah, they won't say it to my face. I'm going to tell you that. So <laughs> go ahead, Jared. Uh, Arville, uh, I saw, did I, did I read somewhere that you had a match with the Rockers in WWF? Yes, me and Pat Rose. Wow. And I think it I think it was in, I get it mixed up because I worked Ric Flair in Birmingham. I think that was in 89. I think me and Pat worked the Rockers maybe 88 in Nashville. Okay. 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 So was it in the same building? 
The municipal. It was in auditorium. I dug, okay. Uh, the one that we talked about earlier when Harley Race was there. It was in okay. that building. Okay. Huge okay. press. Yeah. So that was the WWF. Now, did you ever have any other dealings with Pat Rose at all, or was it just that one time? Oh, no. Me, me and Pat, we worked each other a lot in these outlaw shows. Okay. Before okay. Pat there, you know, big, big. Oh, yeah. Me, me and Pat, we, we had a ball. We, we was working one night, Scottsboro, Alabama. It was cold. Man, it was probably 15 degrees outside. He said, let's go outside. Uh-uh. <laughs> He said, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we went outside and uh and we was out there working and, and hitting each other and he said, Throw me on the car. I said, what? Throw me on the car. I said, Okay. <laughs> so I threw him on and cracked the windshield. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was it was his car. <laughs> <laughs> it was his car we cracked um. the windshield on. But Pat's a great guy. I really enjoyed working with Pat. Uh, against him and all, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and and it, it just great guys, you know. Ted Allen, he, uh, you know, nobody speaks about old Ted Allen. That you can't get no better guy than Ted Allen. Yeah, he's, Ted he was always, great. They always talk about him wrestling a bear. That was one of the things that they always, yeah. I always hear about. You know, so I know he did more than that, though. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, uh, you know, that's another one. Matter of fact, he was going to be one of the. Oh, heck, it was Danny Davis and uh, Ken Wayne. Okay. Uh, I, I can't think of her name. They went by. But anyway, he was going to be one of the night, uh, was it Nightmares? Yeah, yeah. Danny, the Nightmares. But it started out with uh, uh, with Ted and uh, I think, uh, I don't think it was Ken Wayne. I think Ken took his place. Okay. But anyway, okay. he was going to start out with the other one as that team, but something came up. He couldn't make it. I can't remember what happened. So that's when uh, Ken Wayne and Danny Davis took over. That's the Nightmares. Yeah. But yeah. Ted still went as the night- Nightmare under a hood. Right. Nightmare Tad Allen. Yeah. I was going to say yeah. that. Yeah. Arvold, you, you mentioned there about working Flair. How, how was that? Great. I tell you, Flair would have gave me more if I just took it. Yeah. But no, you know right. how you go get somebody that big, you know, <laughs> right. Not, I mean, got all respect for the guy. Uh, I just didn't want to overstep my boundaries with him, but he really yeah. gave me a lot. Yeah. A lot. Flair was, is, is that, now them chops was hell. No, <laughs> 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 like oh, man, I wore two weeks. But <laughs> outside of that, yes, I had a good match with him. Yeah. And that was in 89 in Birmingham. Yeah. If I would have taken Ric Flair's chops, I might not have wore a shirt for two weeks and said, you know what this is? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, uh, I mean, I, okay. So some people say he's a bit of a routine guy, but, you know, the theory behind that, and I'm actually a big fan of Flair, and I've listened to some of his conversations before, and he's always said that the reason he liked his same stuff was because – he saw Ray Stevens wrestle when he was a kid and ended up <laughs> that Ray didn't do the flip over the turnbuckle, you know? And he's like, right. he went and saw Ray on down the line. He said, Ray, why didn't you do that that night? He said, well, kid, I like to change it up a little bit, you know? And, and Flair never liked that. He always liked the, he always wanted to give the fans the greatest hits, you know? And, right. Uh, yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that. I think that's, I, I think that's what makes a great storyteller, you know? So, 
How how was working through the greatest hits of Ric Flair? <laughs> <laughs> it was tough. Yeah, uh, but it, you know, Flair's he was real. I, you know, he really could have ate me up. I guess I didn't know him. He didn't know me. Not unless they knew me through Bobby. Yeah. When Bobby got down on you know, him and Dennis, and I hear some of them. Even Ron West told me, you know, Bobby talked about me a lot. Uh, but it, it's Flair just, you know, I was really shocked and surprised. I was stunned. I didn't know really what to do. I started taking some, <laughs> but they put him on his back a few times, but you know, yeah. it, it, it was great. That's awesome. Great. I, That's I, I awesome. cherish the ones I've worked with in the ring. Yeah. Well, I tell you what, we're going to take us a quick break here, guys. We'll be right back after these messages with more from Dante and the great Mephisto. If you're a fan of rock music, I'd really appreciate it if you took a moment to check out my podcast. It's called the Decibel Geek Podcast. We've been doing it for about 10 years now. We talk about Kiss. We talk about Ozzy. We talk about Motley Crue and Guns N' Roses and Metallica. We talk about all the legends from the 60s and on up to brand new bands that you should be hearing about today that you're not going to hear on the radio. It's Decibel Geek. Wherever you find your podcasts, you'll find us there. If you love rock and roll, I can almost guarantee you're going to love my show. Hey everyone, this is Shane from Insane Shane's World. I release wrestling figures of enhancement talent, mid-card wrestlers, and wrestlers that you never thought would have a figure available. So if you're interested in adding a really cool and rare figure to your collection, then don't hesitate to contact me at shamtheman73 at gmail.com. That's S-H-A-M, the man 73 at gmail.com. You can also join my Facebook group. Just search Insane Shane's World. All right, we are back with more of the Devil's Disciples, Dante, the Great Mephisto. And I tell you what, so we recently had Shane Morton on the show, guys. And, you know, Shane was telling all kinds of lies about you, all this kind of stuff. <laughs> Said y'all was mean to him for 28 years, you know, that kind of stuff. I tell you. Now, it, tell me first off, before we kind of get, you know, y'all are being a great tag team, but we didn't really get to discuss this at the beginning of the show. And if you have noticed, we just jump around. So mm-hmm. when when did y'all first meet Arvo and Tommy? Well, back back I, in the Goulas days, or we first met. Yeah. And I believe I met Tommy back in uh, I believe it was seventy seven. Last of seventy seven, seventy eight. Yep. We was in Tuscaloosa, Alabama that night. Okay. I mean, we had separate cars, and uh, Tommy he was following me home. We started snowing when we got here in Alabama in Huntsville. And uh, it was so late and everything, so Tommy just followed me on home and stayed with me that night and went home next morning. So yeah. we've been together knowing each other since 77, I know. Okay. Yeah, okay. it's been a long time. <laughs> 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 it's been a, yeah, and I spent the night when the weather was so bad, it was just too rough to get to Nashville. I spent the night with him. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I think that was the night I, I flushed the cop and he pulled me over. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, me and Tommy have been on each other since 77. We worked against each other, worked with each other. 
we ran a few programs with him and his dad and me and my other partner, Juicy Johnny. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we, we just, to me, I thought we've done good with each other. Yeah. Yeah. You That's know, awesome. Able to try something, we'll do it. No holding back. Yeah. yeah, we've been yeah. lifelong friends, forty something years. You know, that's yeah. what they say. If you can, if you, you know, you, at the end of it all, when you you lay your head down to rest the final time, if you got enough friends on one hand, you're a lucky man. So mm-hmm. to know somebody that long and still be friends with them, I mean, I tell you, that's that shows yes, it is. that shows y'all are real friends. You know, that's mm-hmm. exactly. That, that was a big gap in there when I got out of it. You know. I only done little shows here and there on the weekends and just stay in it. Yeah. But, you know, Tommy left and went to other territories. Like I said, I wish I could have went to some of them just to say I'd done it, you know, but uh, things different with me the way it went. So uh, Bobby, uh, he had a chance to go to uh, Puerto Rico right before I quit Nick full time. And he asked him if I wanted to go. I said, well, I, I really need to do what I need to do. Yeah, and, that, and I just wrote and just done it on the weekend. But hey, I done it every weekend. Yeah, <laughs> somewhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Hey, you were still active. Now talk about that a little bit before Jared's got a question coming up here. But before we get into that, talk about some of those promotions and and some of the promoters that you did work for on those weekend times. They called them the outlaws, but whatever. You know, can you remember some of yeah. the guys you worked for? Uh Ralph, that I I can't think of them back in them days because, like I say, they all gone. You know. Sure. Uh, I'm I'm still trying to think of William Stone. You know William Stone's daddy. Levon Stone. Uh, Levon Levon. That's yep. who I was trying to think. Of. See, Levon was part of Jerry Morton, and Levon was part of Saul Nim too back in Columbia days. And okay, that's who yeah. me and Bob took off with. You know, we went to Corinth just about every. Every weekend, every Friday night. <clears throat> Matter of fact, I got married that Friday morning. We went to Corinth that night. And he, <laughs> he, he had a room right down the road from us, and he just stayed with us on a honeymoon, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, they were good folks to work with. Nick mainly is the one that I worked with on the weekend after I got out of full time. Matter of fact, I got paid better money in part time than I did full time. <laughs> well, seventy five dollars a week, right? You know, mm, that's right. <laughs> Nothing I wrong with that. that. Yes, sir. No, you know, sir. I, I really, I'm so glad I got to work with Nick. Nick's a good guy. He, yeah. You know, people say what they want about Nick, and he probably done it. You know, don't get me wrong. Sure, <laughs> he probably done. It. He always been good to me. Yeah, and that's that's what's important. I've found out that I've liked people that people didn't like, and that's just how yeah. it is, you know. Yeah. yeah, some people, you know him, you know, in the wrestling businesses, they're gonna talk anyway. You know, they, somebody don't like somebody, and it's for some reason that you don't even know about, you know. So, right. and I know I'm not telling y'all anything. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> Arbel, tell him that story about you hitting Nick one night in the shower. Oh, oh. Please, well, that's it. but uh. <laughs> Is in yeah, <laughs> Randy Savage was portrayed on that one. <laughs> we oh. was within the dress room. Nick came in there and uh, Nick started walking out. And Randy got in behind me. When he did, he goosed me. I kicked Nick right in the butt. <laughs> I kicked him out the door. <laughs> he turned around. 
they looked and seen it was Randy Dunny. <laughs> oh man! Uh, but yeah, that's that was, funny. That is oh, funny. man, you you just had to be there. Yeah, I, I, I can just see the look on Nick's face. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> <laughs> I see Randy laughing too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Randy laughs all the way. <laughs> uh, that's funny. Uh, that was another another guy, Randy Savage. If you. You know, good friends for him. He'll give you anything you want. Okay, so this is a good question, actually, real quick. Jared, I know you got one. I'm sorry. Before, I, I don't want to go away from this, but before we do, talking about Randy and, and that crew of guys, did either one of you all know Jim Hoot Gibson at all? I did. Yeah. I was uh, partners with him on a few shows. Okay, now he is from my brother in my hometown of Lebanon, Virginia. Actually, he's the mm-hmm. pride, and, pride and joy of Lebanon, Virginia. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, but he he actually, I, I've heard it told that part of the reason that he got his goose was cooked was essentially because Randy didn't have a good match with him, and Randy basically would pride himself on the fact that he could have a good match with anyone, and the fact that he didn't have a good match with Jim. A essentially kind of set sail with him. But I know Jim worked a little bit in, with Nick and he worked some with, with the Poffos. Do you, do you have anything interesting to say about him or anything you remember about specifically about his abilities? I just remember working with him up in Knoxville. We did uh, TV tapings and he was uh, my partner on a few shows and some of the house shows. He just seemed like a real nice guy, but I never really had no dealings or heard yeah. anything bad about him. I yeah. never heard nobody say anything bad about him. He was a real nice guy. Yeah, he had a hardware Hoop store. Gibson, yeah. Yeah, who yeah. Gibson. Yeah. <laughs> not not Robert <laughs> Gibson. Uh-uh. That no, they call those, Hoot. <laughs> yeah. Hoot. Yeah. Yeah. And not the cowboy Hoot Gibson. <laughs> no, he was a real nice guy. Yeah, yeah, that's good. I'm trying All to All of them was. I never really met anybody bad in the wrestling business. Yeah, he's got Parkinson's real bad. We're trying to figure out if we can get him on the show sometime. Hopefully, mm-hmm. we can. He's he's in his early eighties, so he's uh, you know not getting around. I think he's in a assisted living facility right now, and he's Ooh. just yeah. He's but the Parkinson we the, we we had heard that he had Alzheimer's, but that was not true. It's actually Parkinson's. We anyway mm-hmm. yeah. So we all go some way, I guess. But anyway, mm-hmm. Jared, I'm gonna shut up now. It's your turn. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> about time <don't> you? <laughs> it's all right so i i thought of a question that um when y'all were talking y'all both talked about randy savage and uh i've heard from so many people that randy lived his gimmick all the time he was always that intense like can you can, can either one of you talk about a time you remember him out of that gimmick or no N- no <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> no he was Simple. he was <laughs> macho man 24 hours a day let <laughs> me tell you i spent a lot of time with randy when i was in uh, kentucky I, I lived with george weinger off and uh, doug vines and jeff sword we lived in an apartment and randy and rip rogers lived right underneath us so yeah. i spent a lot of time with randy and he's macho man 24 hours a day <laughs> all right yeah Good. You may have seen this happen, but I've heard that Rand. And again, I'm not talking ill about nobody. This is just a conversation we're having. I've heard tell that sometimes Randy might have been considered a cheap shot kind of guy, and and apparently Rip got all over him one time. Is that possibly true? Or have you ever well, heard that? 
I've heard that. Yeah, that's possibly true. And yeah. also, I know him and Rip would get into a fight and argument, and Rip would take off back to see more Indiana. <laughs> he, 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 he Randy threatened to kill him, so he he'd run away from Randy's temper for a while, and then he'd come back. <laughs> I remember that happening a couple of times. Well, maybe it was Rip that told that, but we'll get on to different stuff. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> Yeah, anyway. What would you guys consider, in each of you individually or together, whatever, like your favorite promotion that you've ever worked for? World Class well, at Dallas. Nice. Hey, that's that's simple for me because nice. I only worked for one. That was Nick. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, I didn't stretch out like I, I like there again. I, I wish I had it, but I didn't. I stayed around home. Uh, I worked for some of the promotions, you know, but just the spot here, there, you know, I, I worked. Uh, Georgia Championship Wrestling a couple of weekends for tapings. Mike Jackson got his own bed. And, uh, that counts. Uh, Are you kidding? <laughs> got, got on that. But, you know, we yeah. was working. Uh, Nick had sold Birmingham territory to Curtis McKenzie. Okay. I think 78, 80 when Nick got out of it. Uh, that's who I worked for mainly after I left Nick and on the weekends down in Birmingham and surrounding areas, Tuscaloosa with a night, uh, show, you know, on Saturday and done TV, uh, Saturday morning, tape it. And, uh, we've done some spot shows around Birmingham. Uh, that's really Nick. And I I never worked for him beside WWF that time. I was supposed to work with him again in Huntsville that following Friday night. I worked the rockers up here with me and pat in nashville but they changed the card around so i didn't get to work uh which is fine on home you know yeah Uh, yeah and and that's really all all i've done but you know the guys i worked with that was what we call outlaws i guess was they was good people yeah they were a good group of guys too yeah yeah, I'm going to name a new gimmick for you, Arvel Hutto. It's Modest okay. Arvel. Modest Arvel. That's going to be your new name. Here's, hey, what, yeah. here's what he just said, Tommy and Jared. Here's what he just said. You know, I, I didn't get to spread it out like I wanted to. You know, I only worked for the WWF, Georgia Championship Wrestling, <laughs> <laughs> Jim Crockett Promotions, <laughs> WCW. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> well, now, I, I did work for Georgia one other time. I forgot all about this. See? Uh, yeah. yeah. Me and, uh, let's see, it was me and Gypsy Joe, Tojo, and I think uh, Chewy and uh, Chief Thundercloud. Me and him teamed against Tojo and Gypsy down there for the house show for the Georgia night. Yeah. Down in Gaston, Alabama. Yeah. No, it wasn't. I'm sorry. Oxford. Oxford. That's great. So, you know, you talk about guys like Tojo and stuff, man. I mean, to me, you know, I've heard so many great stories about Tojo and stuff. Do you have a funny story about Tojo, either one of you? Uh, I've got one. (laughs) We was working, I think, uh, Louisville, Kentucky. We left and we came back that night. Well, on the way back, it was me. uh, I think Burhead Jones was with me. And somebody else can't remember who it was. And then Bobby, Tom Jr., and uh, Tim, I believe, was in their car. Okay. Tojo and Gypsy was following them, okay, coming back. Yeah. And we got back down, I guess, close to Tennessee line. We're still in Kentucky. Tojo's on CB. <laughs> and of course, we talked about cops and stuff. He said, 
he, he broke in there. He said, Hunto, 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 come here, come back, come back, come back quick. I said, what's wrong? He said, Tom Jr. just lost the wheel. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he just said, come back, come back, quick, quick, quick. Tom Jr. lost the wheel. And they, they never could find that wheel. Oh, man. <laughs> that, that's a funny one about oh. Joe. Yeah. Yeah, it is yeah. funny. Uh, I remember y'all talking about that. That is funny. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, they was doing 70, 75 mile an hour or so, and it's oh lucky they didn't. Golly. Yeah. Get, you know, trouble. But yeah. he just hit, he just got on the offside road, but they, they went back the next day to get his car. Couldn't find his car nowhere. Hard to tell where that thing went to, you know, 79 miles an hour, man. I tell yeah. you. <laughs> but that that was a funny joke about Tojo. That is yeah, hilarious. That is, that yeah. is funny. Uh, yeah, Arvo, you you mentioned Gypsy Joe there a little bit. Can you tell us a little bit about Gypsy? He's a tough old guy. Where are we? Gypsy, Gypsy, you ain't gonna find no tougher than Gypsy. Yeah, Gypsy's a good yeah. guy. He'll help you. We had some heck of a match. Uh, matches together, and when I first got started, and everything with Nick, and we was working Scottsboro one night, and uh, I was working Gypsy that night, and in a single, and we got over in the corner. He said, "Hit me, hit me!" I like, but I hit him. And he said, "Oh, let me show you how." <laughs> he hit me right, boy, like came my chest in. <laughs> oh yeah, that's why you hit him. He say, "Harder, harder, harder!" You couldn't hit him hard enough. Yeah, there was one time Chattanooga TV. They had spot when you, you remember when Tom Renesto Senior and Gypsy had a deal going. Tom, well that day they had a Coca Cola crate, and it was almost a brand new one. It, it still looked pretty. And uh, Tom Senior hit Joe over the head with it, and it didn't crack. And yeah. he said, "Do it again, do it again." Took him three times. And uh, I thought Joe was going to die, but he just lay back in the restroom about 10 minutes. He's ready to go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> One tough codger. Yeah. Uh, A super nice guy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You can, you can ask him better than him. Yeah. Hard gun standing sometime, but Joe's a good one. And I really yeah. hate to see him get in the situation he was. Yeah, that was sad, you know, losing his leg and everything. And, yeah. you know, that was sad stuff. I, I heard that the story that if this, you know, he wanted to die in the ring and essentially he he was going to try to do it in Japan and everything. I heard some crazy stories about all that. Yeah, so. yeah, that's true. He wanted to die in the ring. Yeah, I've heard it. I've heard him say that. Yeah. When him and his wife broke up, I believe that's really tore him up. Yeah, well, it, it's it's definitely can do a number on you. I have to tell you, women will do more of a number on you than any man can. <laughs> and I speak from experience. But anyway, all right, guys. Well, then I want to get on to the stars of the show here. So, so the formation of Dante and the great Mephisto. When, when did you decide? When did that start, Tommy? I started in 1989 with a man named Mike Porter. Yeah. He, yeah. He's the only one that had a red outfit, so he agreed to be my partner. Okay. And then uh, we broke up, and then I got with a guy named Mike Williams. He went by Cool Breeze. Right. And we did it for several years, and we were the ones that went down to with Jarrett and worked with the Whoopi D and 
Jamie. Won the USWA tag titles. Let me stop you real quick. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah we worked there. And uh, we come back. And Kubris, he had a motorcycle gimmick he wanted to do. So he lost his mask. And shortly after that, me and Hutto got together. Yeah. Now, let me ask you a quick question. You know, we know it's Hutto, but other than that, who'd you feel like you clicked with the most? Would it would it be Arvel? Arvel number one. Yeah. And then Kubris then Kubri's number two. Kubris yeah. is a real good guy. Yeah. And tough and tough as nails. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've heard that. I've heard that. You know, that <laughs> Wolfie said he was like, You're getting Dante and Mephisto on the show. You're getting Cool Breeze on there. I was like, I don't know Cool Breeze. I know Arvel and Tommy. <laughs> I mean, no disrespect to anybody. I would love to have him on too, but I only knew you guys mainly, you know. And of mm-hmm. course, I'm, I'm came into the game much later, but I, I've heard some great stories about your time with him. You know, working, working with Cool Breeze and, and you guys worked the USWA was, you know, was that essentially because you know from what i understand you guys kind of came in you were kind of like hired guns essentially you came in to to work there for a minute right right we hired and uh reggie be fine they put us uh with him he was our manager right let me tell you a funny story reggie be fine please i wore the i wore the loaded boot right my legs supposed to be shorter than the other back then i wore had a slipper that i wore into the buildings with the same type of sole on it and Reggie B looked at me and said, man, I'm sorry. I thought that was a gimmick. I didn't know you was really that way. <laughs> I, I never told him no different. <laughs> never told him no different. And then another loaded boot story, we, like I said, I had the slipper, right? Yeah. So we're following uh, Buddy Landell, Tommy Rich, and Doug Gibber. We're following back from Memphis to Nashville to show that night. And uh, I got pulled over by the state trooper. Yeah. So he searched our truck and uh, all this stuff, and he seen I had the slipper on, his built up, and he seen the big boot in the bag, and he seen the tag belts. So I said, "Man, I'm sorry. I just I have trouble with fat leg. I just didn't realize I was going that fast." He said, "Just slow down, take it easy, and let me go." <laughs> <laughs> we got to Nashville, buddy. Landell said, "You worked that gimmick on him, didn't you?" I said, "I sure did, brother." <laughs> That's awesome. Oh my god. <laughs> That's so um, funny. Those I tell you, those tag belts are so. Of the prettiest belts ever they really are and i know they mm-hmm. came from they came from the fullers and i think they, you're right yeah yeah they had them on i think they had them on red and then mm-hmm. it, we had dave milliken on he kind of told us a little bit about the story and he said then jerry talked him into putting them on black and he was like i don't want to do that jerry i don't want to do that and lawler was insistent upon doing it but anyway mm-hmm. beautiful yeah, i remember that it was uh it was real pretty on red leather i remember that yeah all right, guys. I've always wondered, and I got to, I got got the perfect opportunity to ask you right now with you guys on how how is it working under the mask? How is it comfortable? Does it get like you like, man? I wish I could take this thing off sometimes, or or is it just part of you after a while? It just grows yeah. on you. It just like yeah. it, it, without it, you just feel naked without it. <laughs> it, it just kind of, I mean, it, it just kind of grows on you. It just it, no problem. Yeah, yeah. As, as some mask I have wore that I was glad to get off because it cut your wind off. You know, some of oh. it just depends on Tommy is the number one mask maker. Yeah. <laughs> Tommy That's awesome. all our mask outfits pretty much. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I used to yeah. make them all because we was cutting so many, we couldn't afford to buy them. So, man, I got to learn to make these. <laughs> I got a sewing machine and I figured it out. They yeah. wasn't great, but they got us through the matches. All we're going to do is cut them anyway. <laughs> 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 they didn't have to be perfect. 
that's awesome. awesome. You know, I've heard so many, you know, Adrian Street talks about his wife making great gear and Jimmy Valiant's wife makes great gear and stuff. But little did we know, Tommy Hanke makes some pretty good. (laughs) I made some mans. I made our capes too. That's awesome. Yeah. Now I worked for Porter when I first came into to Nashville, and and Hot Rod made fun of me because I, I he gave me a bag of chips one time, and it's yeah. usually only the hot dog and stuff. But right. as long as it wasn't Porter's dog, you know what I mean. Anyway, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> Porter himself, I know for a fact, was proud as a peacock because he always had that picture of you and him and Tojo, and yeah. uh, he, he was yep. so proud of that. Now again. And I'm not speaking ill of the dead, but you know, they, I know nobody paid worse than Porter did. So <laughs> tell, <laughs> yeah. tell, I would never talk about anybody but that. But tell me, how long did the time with Porter last as Mephisto? Oh, maybe a year. Maybe a year. Okay. It, 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 it didn't last long. Yeah. He, okay. He, he, he couldn't do the traveling I was going to do, and Kubrick's come along and he could go, and yeah, that's how that happened. Now, did you notice a difference? So, obviously, the the in-ring stuff is going to change, too, I would assume. But also, you know, when you move from, now, you know, you talk about great tag teams, like, you know, the Heavenly Bodies and and, and Midnight Express, and, and they've all had multiple members and multiple tenures and, you know, things like that. Dante and Mephisto's also kind of been that way. Now, not necessarily to the fans out there. They not necessarily knowing that is. Did you feel like it was pretty seamless when Cool Breeze, to to Arvel was it pretty as much a seamless yeah pretty much pretty yeah. much Arvel just jumped right in and we just took off it was we just worked good together Arvel, like we've been Fred for years and years and years we just worked good together and I yeah. worked at Arvel so many times over the years so it was back just, in the day we worked at, I worked against Arvel a lot okay okay what about you what do you think Arvel how how was it working with Tommy oh great you know Tommy I almost choked him for getting me back in it. <laughs> but uh, I, I, I had to. I had to leave about ninety ninety one. I had an inner ear problem, and okay. uh, I just you know, couldn't get over it. And uh, come find out, you know, I had to have surgery and end up didn't have surgery. But I was out until about ninety six uh, out of the system. And then Tommy and them started running uh, Lewisburg, Tennessee, and wanted me to come up there. And I worked up there under the hood. Not it's Mephisto. Yeah. Uh, I worked against another guy named Ashley Hudson. Oh, that's awesome. And, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, worked him a few times. Then I got out, you know, when you get older, it's a little harder to come back when yeah. you don't stay. I've, I've been up to 91 constantly. Yeah. Uh, and then I came back in, uh, 07, they had a mule day up in Columbia. Shane called me. I'm on me and Tommy to do a, uh, show up there and, and done that in 07. Uh, and then, no, I guess it was, yeah, it was in 07 when it time. I think so. 04. But, 04. It's, it's the middle there, somewhere in there. Yeah, yeah. somewhere in there. It's, like it's somewhere in there. there. <laughs> somewhere. <laughs> it <hit for> me. <laughs> but uh, anyway, and then Tommy back in 12, he, he talked me into coming back. Yeah. <laughs> you believe that? I he can't believe it. He talked me coming back, and boy. Come on back, Hutt. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, what are you and, doing? and I did, and I, I enjoyed every minute of it. And our last match together was in nineteen. Yeah, 
That's yeah. when it said, well, I had knee surgery. I had knee replacement first this year, so I know I, I can't go back. You had to tap out, huh? Yes, I sure did. And I, I hated it. I, but then again, I didn't want to stay in there. If I couldn't do my job like I needed to be done, I didn't want to be in there. Sure, <laughs> sure. I pulled a, I pulled a chuckle on that one time. I made these masks. Remember, I give him a new one, and I put these strings in there, man. They's all the way down to the floor and beyond. And you try to get that string in that mask, and he was lacing it up, and he got all tangled up in them damn strings, and I laughed. I was all that cry. He, he had the damnedest time with that string. It was so long. <laughs> what the hell did you do to me? What kind of string is this? <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> he was all tangled up in that mass ring. That's so funny. That is hilarious. <laughs> that's that's how I, I back in ninety when I quit or ninety one, I worked in uh, uh Columbia at the oh heck, what's the name of that building? Tommy was Grand 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 Slam. Grand Slam. That was the last match I had to come out and I got tangled up in the net outside. We got into it outside and Son, I didn't know where I was at. (laughs) Yeah. And I knew I had to do something then, so I had to come out. (laughs) (laughs) But back when I was full-time, I had an inner ear infection. I would, man, I I, I go to the ropes, and and don't tell them where I end up at. Yeah. Because I I balance it off. The equilibrium. Yeah. That was the time George and him was doing basketball game before the matches. And I played on that team that night, and you'll see me going down the court. (laughs) (laughs) It was terrible, man. Was that like Mm. a celebrity basketball game kind of thing? Is that what it was like, where the wrestlers would play, or was it just a personal thing? Uh, I I think it's – what do you call them, the slammers, Tommy? Yeah, body slammers. Okay, gotcha. That's what it was, the body slammers. So it was kind of like Lawler's softball team and that kind of stuff. They had their own. Yeah, they played basketball before the matches, and George had his team, yeah. you know, okay. and some wrestlers. And Tojo played on the team, then. Yeah, I that's awesome. Out there. <laughs> I bet that was hilarious. Yeah, yeah, with his kidney shoes on, that was funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you never seen him in a pair of tennis shoes. <laughs> <laughs> no, I never seen him with a kidney shoes on. It's always in wooden shoes, you know. The wooden jobs, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's funny. Oh, man. Tommy, tell us a little bit about disturbing behavior working them. Disturbing behavior. Jeff Daniels and Tim Ernesto. That's them Is that guys. who we're talking that's about? That's right. Oh, yeah. man, I loved working with them. Tim yeah. Ernesto was like my little brother. Yeah. When I got in, he was like 16, 17, and we hung out constantly together. Yeah. We were, yeah. were best friends and still best friends still today. He's that's one awesome. of my longest. Him. Tom Ernesto Jr. and Arvel Hutto's my three longest friends in the wrestling business. That's awesome. That's awesome. And Jeff Daniels was a great guy. He's a great worker. Yeah, yeah. Jeff was a great guest. Yeah, you remember what Tommy, you remember when Tim was a uh, Spider Man? Yes, I do. Yes, I do. <laughs> Very well. I, I was his first match he ever done in uh, mm-hmm. Tennessee, right across the line, Clarksville, Tennessee, I believe it was. Yeah. One well, night, he was uh, he was supposed to have been in the hospital one night. For some reason, he was sick or something. He couldn't do it, and I was there, and they put that gimmick on me. And that damn thing ain't been washed in six months, probably. I was like, oh my god! <laughs> Can't believe you could put me in this thing. And the mask, you know, covered up your nose and your mouth, and all all you see yeah, was your eyes, and it was long. Yeah, and his long sleeves. Oh my god! 
That was awful. It was just awful. I, wor- I worked Hans Schroeder down there in Huntsville as the Spider-Man because the Tim Renessa wouldn't come. <laughs> oh. oh, my God. I can't imagine. <laughs> yeah. They told me a bag and opened that bag. And said, oh, my God. It was awful. I mean, you can love and respect a man and be his friend, but there's yeah. certain things you never, ever want to have to go through. You know, <laughs> yeah. oh, that's man. one of them things I never forget in the rising. But as long as I live, I'll never forget that. That's yeah. one of them, you know. Yeah. Now, who who was that? Who ran that gimmick? Tim Ernesto. Uh, Tim, yeah, Tim Ernesto started it with Nick. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. That's that's great. Now, are I'm just not saying this in a bad way, but Tommy, you and Tim kind of seem a bit of a different size too. Were Were you closer to size at that time, or at, at that time I was I was a little bit closer to him. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. I was about about two hundred. He's probably one hundred seventy or so. I squeezed in it, but I got it on. <laughs> you got it on. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. I was just trying to say there. So yeah. Uh, you know, working him and Jeff. You know, Jeff and they actually kind of were the last, I guess, true NWA tag champs before it went on to TNA and and before it became Billy Corgan's deal. You know, they mm-hmm. were kind of getting a good run with it and stuff. You kind of worked with places like USWO with Tony Falk and, and NWA Main Event with Porter and, and Freddie. And, and you, you work in all these different places. And, and then, of course, Shane and CWA. I mean, you were just kind of working where they would need you, right? That was the whole deal uh, pretty much yeah 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 pretty, now pretty much. now if i'm not mistaken you would have the book in a lot of places too what did you think about booking as far as that goes Booking's fun for a while but then you just got started with all the guys and all the problems and all the headaches and people <laughs> griping and <laughs> after a while well i've had enough of this for a while let me hand it over to somebody else <laughs> and then you run stale on ideas after a while too you know sure. you start sure. repeating yeah. So I always knew when my time was to hand it up. Yeah. Would you give us somebody that maybe, or maybe a, an angle that you really liked? What What were you happy about that you booked? Oh, Lord, there's so many. Just well, our first one. real big, uh, the Scott brothers, Billy and Gary Scott, which is now Gary Valiant. Gary and Valiant. We had a, yeah. With the Wild Boys, we had a real good angle and run with them for years and years. And then Shane and Steve Morton, the same with them. Yeah. The angle just run for years. I mean, yeah. it just kept people just never got tired of it. Yeah, Billy. Yeah, just, Billy actually worked in Japan too, right? He was. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's awesome. And Gary, we—that's another guy we got to get on the show for sure. You know, that's that's what I was wanting you to lead me to. Essentially, with Shane and Steve. You know, Shane, of course, he can't tell his story without talking about you guys and the the decades of years of times y'all have worked together at the at the mm-hmm. mule days shows mm-hmm. oh yeah would, would you say that you you some of your favorite opponents would definitely have to be shane and steve as far as the yes shane, shane and steve morton like the ben jordan steve neely and the scott brothers that was my three teams okay of yes. all time that was that was great okay That's and we that. did business for years with all three teams and then Gary and Shane would put a team together and then Bubba yeah. and Shane and, you know, all kinds of stuff. It was a very plentiful crew out there for sure. As far yes, as talent, yeah. you know? Yes, it was. Yes, it was. So, okay. When did, when exactly did you and Arvel get together? Arvel, I'm going to ask you this one. When did you and Tommy get together exactly as far as the Mephisto? What, what year was that? It was 12. 
Okay. Okay. 2012. Uh, we started our reunion up in eleven. Okay. I went up, to Tommy. Well, we had we had a reunion in in uh, Gatlin from uh, Scott Teal, and okay. I left that night. Tommy said he's doing a show down here, you know. So I stopped in and, and watched them, and and he kind of talked me into coming back. And yeah. of course, I miss. I, I love it, you know, and and I carried out through the day the same way, you know. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, he got me back in there, and and I loved every minute of it. We went, we done some benefits for people too. Went, you know, just to be together, I guess, do yeah. something. And then he brought his son in to manage us. Yeah, uh, Tommy. Yeah. And we brought Cannibal. Yeah, yeah, Cannibal. Yeah. Can't, yeah, yeah, Corey. Corey came in. You know, it it was a, a devil's thing. Yeah, <laughs> it was great. So it was we, great. And then, uh, don't get Rick Reynolds. He was. Don't he was forget part Rick. Of yeah. Yeah, yeah. He was kinda of in the middle of me and Hutto and me and Breeze right. and Rick Reynolds come in. That's the guy that trained Wolfie D right there. So <laughs> Yeah, yes, sir. That's true. So there you go. Uh, now now Rick is gonna be on the show very soon. That's a guarantee. I know that. So yeah, yeah. Yeah, Rick was a good guy and he was a good partner and he was fun to work with. He was uh really good. Nicest guy you'll ever meet too. Oh I, yeah, yeah. Perfect. Oh, you can't beat him. He's uh, he preached my father's funeral. Wow. Okay. Wow. That's how much I like a Rick Reynolds. He's a great man. Yeah, that means a lot there, right there. Yes, sir. And he did Absolutely. a great job, and I wouldn't have had it no other way. He was awesome. Yeah. How how are you boys doing? By the way, I haven't seen them in a long time. They're both doing good. They work together. They work at the same place. My son owns a. Uh, telephone company where he installs new systems in the motels and places when they're building them. He That's installs awesome. all the security and the telephone systems and they work together. Are either of them doing anything in wrestling anymore? No, no, my days are gone. <laughs> Too many aches <laughs> and pains anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, that—that's kind of my question. And you know, as we're kind of wrapping up, and I don't want to—I don't want to end it, but you know, these things are as they are. What was your last matches? Hato and me worked. Who did we work? We worked. I can't remember. We worked one with Bobby Eaton was a special referee, and that was real special. Yeah. You know, just say yeah. Bobby, and he was our special referee. And uh, I forget who we worked. I think the Wild Boys. I believe the Wild Boys was Hill, and we was the faces in the deal. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. It was Wild Boys. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and that, that, that was one of our last ones. And with Bobby there, it was real special. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, Bobby managed us. And, uh, yeah, like I say, I, I'm so glad he got to come to my reunion before that because he, he really missed all the guys, too. Yeah. I'm going to tell you a quick, funny story about Bobby. So I'd worked a little bit in Virginia before I moved out to Nashville. And, and my guy that brought me in the business, Kenny, he kind of taught me everything. And he booked a show and had Bobby on the show. Well, I got to manage Bobby against a few guys, different shows. So I got the chance to know Bobby as things were. So I saw Bobby once again out in Nashville, and he, you know, Bobby never forgot you. If he knew you and he liked you, he never forgot.
gotcha. And I was, right. it, it was on a big show that Porter booked with Bert and then got to see Bobby one more time at Saul. Well, I worked at several places in Kentucky with him for Bert and different places and stuff. But then it gets down to the last time I saw Bobby was at Saul in Millersville. And I walk in there and on the back wall there, y'all know the back wall there, the main wall they did. And it had, mm-hmm. it was Mike Searcy, Bobby, Reno Riggins and Wolfie D. Well, I didn't know any of them except Bobby because this was my first night working there. And I walk in there and Bobby jumps up and, you know, like Bobby's just so friendly. He jumps up and he grabbed me and hugged my neck and he said, what are you doing? What are you doing? You know, and I'm like, oh, I'm good. And we were just like best friends. You know what I mean? <laughs> Even mm-hmm. though we necessarily weren't, he still treated me like that. And right. because he remembered me and we'd worked good together. And I can see out of the corner of my eye that Reno and Wolfie are looking at each other like, who the heck is this guy? <laughs> and then <laughs> I see Reno do this thing with his hands like, well, if Bobby likes him, he can't be half bad, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and that was my introduction to everybody. And I've been treated very well by all of them since then. <laughs> so right, right. Bobby got me into that. And it's funny, Arvel, that it's kind of that way with you. And then I know you had a great relationship relationship with him too tommy that's just why i think so highly of bobby eaton you know so oh yeah oh yeah, yeah great guy yeah i always joked i said now nah, i'm better than Cornette, right <laughs> he, would never, he would never give me a comment on that one <laughs> anyway. uh, oh well, guys, I you know I, I I hate to wrap it up here, but is there any story that we might have missed that y'all think about that you'd really like to tell? Well, there's so many out there. It's, you know, it's, it's just hard to pick one. Right now. Well, I just don't want to miss one. If if you, uh, yeah, I'll tell you a real funny one about Kubrick while Hunter was thinking. Okay, we was we was in we was in Memphis, and the night before we had threw the fire on one of them. Yeah, I don't remember which one. Kubrick was holding, throw the fire. So we're traveling to the town the next night. We had our mask in the back seat. You know, we had to put them on before you know you get to the show. Oh, and yeah. while we was up traveling, I throwed a cigarette out, and it landed on Kubrick's mask. Well, we stopped at the <laughs> store, and uh, he went in to get him something to drink. And I said, "Damn, what's that? What's that smell? Something's burning." And I reached back there and I got that mask and I patted it out. You know, <laughs> and there's a big old burn hole on the side of it. I didn't say nothing. I just left it there. <laughs> when we got to the show, he reached back there to get his hood. And he said, Lord, I knew that fire was hot, but look what it's done to my mask. <laughs> <laughs> he thought the fireball had burned his hood up. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> uh, that's a true story. That was so funny. God, I laugh. I never told him no different either. <laughs> I didn't tell him about no cigarette. <laughs> uh, oh, my goodness. Oh, I tell you, oh, cool, Bruce. He's a good one. Uh, I first met him. I was. I worked in him. Him and Tommy was teaming then. Matter of fact, me and Airwolf, <laughs> Wolf yeah. D, there you, you go. Know, worked. On. That's that's how he got started. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Worked with us here, right right across the line here in Tennessee one time. Uh, him and Tracy Smothers, he he started with us. Yeah, yeah. sure did. Yeah, yeah. A bunch of these guys came through that made it to the top. At, we all had something to deal with at the beginning. Yeah. Uh, I'm just so they made it. it and I, I tell you one about old Leroy Rochester. Let's hear it. Yard dog. Yes, sir. <laughs> he, was <laughs> he was broke. He had an old broken down Pinto car and 
And that's when he first got started. And he said, can I borrow a little money? I said, sure. I said, what do you need? He said, I need about 10 bucks. Give me some gas. I said, okay. He said, I'll pay you back next payday. I said, okay. I paid it, and I never have seen it. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Leroy, him, him and Joe, you know, team some together too. Yeah, but mm-hmm. he he was a good guy. Yeah, Leroy, that's awesome. Yeah, man, he went on to do some stuff, didn't he? I tell you, oh, didn't he though? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those guys that were in that cartoon, they cost a lot of money, fellas. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. but I've heard great stuff about him, but I've heard even more great stuff about the guys that I'm talking to tonight. And I, guys, I just want to thank y'all so much. I mean, you you really are a true blessing to know and to, to have on our show. You know, my brother and I, we decided – to start, you know, we just said, hey, if we're going to talk about wrestling all the time, we might as well record it and put it out on a podcast. <laughs> because, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I enjoyed it. It was great talking to y'all. Thank y'all Man, so I, much for coming on. Sorry, you're more than welcome. Just bringing what? up memories from the days. Yes, sir. I loved it. Thank you so much. Thank you, guys. Yeah, yeah thank y'all. Thank take, you, guys. Take care, and we'll talk to you right. soon. Get you on another time, okay? Okay, y'all take care too. Uh, see right. you, Hato. Uh, see you, Tommy. Appreciate you guys. All right. Bye bye. Have a good one. Take care, guys. Thank y'all. Bye bye. What great guys. I tell you what, we'll be right back, y'all, to wrap things up with the plastic sheet on Give Me Back My Pro Wrestling. This is the big picture, Michael Jablonski. Don't forget to tune in every week to Jablonski's Pissed Off on the Mike Jablonski's Pissed Off YouTube channel. He's gonna tell you all about it He's gonna care what you think You're gonna hear all about it Mike Jablonski This is Handsome Jimmy, professional wrestler, the Booker Wooker Man. Come on, people, my brothers and sisters, don't you dare, don't you dare miss this one. It's Wrestling Talk with Mayor McCall. Yes, baby, be there or be square. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right, Sheik, I tell you what, we just had a absolute legendary tag team on our show. What do you think about that, man? Man, these guys were great. They, uh, you know, it, 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 the conversation just takes off. Like, I always worry about, like, you know, is a conversation going to go all right? Especially if we had two people in here. And and it, it just took off and went, went great. It's, uh, it's great how these guys just open up like a book and just tell you all their all their stories are running up and down the roads. The nicest guys too. And these oh, guys yeah. are legendary villains. You know what I mean? And yeah. they, they're just the nicest, most genuine guys. And I just remember always being in the locker room and everybody would try to be around the guys just to talk to them. And, you know, I wish I would have talked to them more, but I, I, I wish I would have talked to them more, but I feel like, you know, sometimes you don't want to bug people, you know, and 
they're just the nicest guys. I got to know Corey, his son, very well. You know, he we worked a lot of different promotions together. He was a good dude. I, I they just speak highly of all of the guys that are related to them and how much they, you know, were so important to everybody. I can't tell you how many people like that coming soon post that I put out, man. It was just like a million people liked it because they're that well liked. Everybody respects the, the Dante and Mephisto. So anyway, well, I want to give a special shout out to Shane Morton for helping make that happen. Shane sent me their number and I was, I was, I didn't even ask him for it yet. And he had already sent me their number and I was like, well, let's make this happen, you know? So <laughs> yeah. I appreciate you, Shane Morton. I know you're still listening. And, you know, just to everybody, you know, we just so appreciate all these guys coming in. And, you know, again, if you don't know about them, learn about them. Because this is the the lifeblood of the, this is the asphalt that the road is made of. These guys, this is what the path pro wrestling is made of, is these guys, these legendary tag teams. I mean, the names that we mentioned tonight would be enough to to fill any book about pro wrestling. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Absolutely. These guys, I mean, talked about some of the biggest names ever in the business, and they're right there alongside them or working for them. Yeah, absolutely. And, 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 you know, that's how it is, man. That's how it is. You know, you get to know these guys and you're lucky to know them. And, you know, it was just, it was just an honor to have these guys on the show. I know I've said that already, but, you know, we do want to thank y'all so much again. You know, let me just give you this breakdown real quick here. We've got the Give Me Back My Pro Wrestling Facebook page, the Give Me Back My Pro Wrestling Twitter, the Give Me Back My Pro Wrestling Instagram, the Give Me Back My Pro Wrestling YouTube. YouTube, all four of them, you need to go follow, subscribe, like, notify, whatever. We're putting stuff out there all the time, so y'all keep up with us. This is where we put all of our upcoming information. We also got some, you know, exclusive content on the YouTube with our chic shorts and our Jimmy's clips. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, long story short, don't miss out on the social medias and don't miss out on the shows by following the social medias and you'll never miss one. But we do thank y'all so much for for listening to today's show with the Devil's Disciples, Dante and the Great Mephisto. They just don't make them like that anymore, right, Jared? No doubt, man. Well, once again, we thank y'all so much. We'll be here next time. Not sure what it's going to be about yet. Maybe it'll be another interview. We never know, right? Sometimes we, we know. Just play it, we just play it, play it by ear. <laughs> Calling it in the ring. Is what Calling call it in it. the ring. There you go. All right, y'all. Take care, and we'll see you next time on Give Me Back My Pro Wrestling. Don't forget. Don't fight the devil's disciples. With a tear in my eye, this is the greatest moment in my life. This has been a James Rock Street production.